You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This week on Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall, I'm going to be giving a bit of an update because we have been pre-sailing a book called Advanced Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. Not sure if you heard about it. If you didn't, well, now you did. We are very excited about this project as it is the follow-up to Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth, which has made waves, and really impacted a lot of lives. So many testimonies have come back from that first book, and this is more of the same. It is a whole nother batch of extraordinarily powerful prayers that were developed on the front lines of working to help people get set free from some of the most complicated bondages that exist. Uh, Plain and simple, it's a more high-powered version of the first book. And so a lot of you have pre-ordered this uh, and are in great anticipation. And in that anticipation, some of you have written in saying, you know, hey, what's going on? Um, I pre-ordered this book and it's been a while. And it has been a while and I apologize about that. So initially I thought that by about this time, I would have the books in my possession and we'd already be mailing them out. That hasn't exactly worked out. And then uh, recently, the book actually got delayed by about a week. And so the official word is that we will be getting those print copies delivered to us sometime between the 14th of October the 22nd of October. That's the, that's the official window that I'm being told. And so that's not going to move. So for those of you that are waiting, understand that we are um, waiting too. We're, we're on the edge of our seats. Um, just like, come on, <laughs> let's get this moving. And so many of you have already received an email because we came back and we are trying to, you know, stay on top of the communications because some of you have ordered this book with a number of other products from our website and and we don't want to disappoint. So that's the official update. I want to also say that all of these selections are concluded regarding the Bride Ministries DID Coach Mentorship Program for the year 2020. And so if you missed that opportunity to apply or you applied after the window, you know, my apologies, but we, we, we did have a cutoff date of September 15th. All of those interviews have already taken place. And the good news is this will not be the one and only class that we train up with this program. We're going to be doing this DID Coach Mentorship Program again. And so around this time next year, we will have a whole nother application and uh, interview process going on for the class of 2021. So uh, just keep that in mind. Other than that, I want to say to all of our supporters, you are amazing. Thank you for your generosity. Because you know that the Bible says, as a man gives abundantly, 
he shall also reap abundantly. You know, God says, if you want to know a man's heart, look at where he puts his treasure. And for those of you that are sowing into the kingdom, your heart is being demonstrated. And I applaud that. At Bride Ministries, you are supporting the Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall podcast, the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Church Groups, uh, the Bride Ministries Institute, free prayer resources, um, and scholarships for survivors of satanic ritual abuse and other types of horrific backgrounds that are now able to get help that they can't afford, among other projects that we are continually working on and rolling out all the time. I I, I am so grateful for you guys. And for those of you that have been with us for a while and maybe you've been on the fence considering, maybe I I should sew into what they're doing. It's easy. Just go to bridemovement.com and go to our donate page. We accept credit cards. We have a P.O. box so you can mail us any kind of thing. And um, we also accept cryptocurrency, which some of you have been giving to us. And praise God for you as well. And so... With that said, we're going to get right to the program. We have a wonderful guest and just a very, very uh, enjoyable conversation. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, folks, we're back for another week of Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall, and I am having as my guest, Dr. Gail Rogers. She is returning for her second interview with me. She is a mental health professional. She integrates clinical therapeutic approach using cognitive behavioral therapy along with the healing power of God's word. Uh, she is an expert in PTSD, that's post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, um, sexual trauma, domestic violence, and she does work, and has done work with personality disorders. She is a clinically certified treatment specialist in both domestic violence and sexual offense. Um, and she's a founder and president of Forever Free Inc. and Ace Network. Now, her website is drgale.com that's d-o-c-t-o-r-g-a-y-l-e and this is her book uh, the whole soul now uh, the first time i had her on we spent a good amount of time talking about her book and some of the concepts that were in it and we're going to be picking up and talking a little bit more about it because well, frankly there's a lot of subjects that she gets into in there and some very very interesting stuff as a matter of fact uh, we're going to be diving right in, but thank you for joining me again. Thank you for having me again. I was quite uh, delighted when I got the email uh, asking would I come back on. I, I, I had an extremely great time the last time I was on. Got uh, numerous phone calls from people talking about the Dan Duvall show and oh my God, I saw you on Dan Duvall and and I didn't even know they knew who Dan Duvall was. And 
<laughs> got a number of people that actually purchased the book um, as a result and then called to tell me uh, how the book literally shifted their life. Mm. So um, some amazing things happening out there as a result of the, the Dan Duvall discovering truth. Um, people go, oh, yeah, I know Dan Duvall. <laughs> I watch that program all the time. So um, thank you again. It's my pleasure to be back. You know, I, I think some people consider this podcast a guilty pleasure. It's like, yeah, I'm Christian and none of my friends know what he's talking about, but I do. So <laughs> I'm going to listen. And when someone brings them up, that, that's all oh, man. Now I know I have someone to talk about. So like, yeah, it's, it's really funny how this works with, with, with our stuff. You know, people get very nervous. They tell me all the time, they're like, you know, Daniel, you know, I love your stuff. I can't tell these Christians because they'll look at me funny. So <laughs> that's absolutely right. <laughs> but you have the guts to come on the program and talk. So, hey, <laughs> we're, we're, we're happy to have you. Um, you know, but you, you really do. You write about some very interesting things in your book. You know, you get into subjects of vibration and frequency and DNA and the cells and, um, you know, the, the body as an interfacing unit, um, you know, between the conscious and the subconscious. And you're talking about a lot of these subjects, which we have certainly explored in other ways on this podcast with other guests and so forth. And, you know, um, it, it, it really was a joy meeting you for the first time. Now, I want to open this program up on the subject of thoughts and vibrational energy. You know, I, I think that not very many people would think about their thoughts as having anything to do with their external reality more than, you know, just what happens to be crossing their head at any given point in time. Um, much less to think about their thoughts as having a vibrational energy. Now, uh, some people that have been to New Age have heard these ideas, but yeah. unfortunately, there's not been a lot of people that have heard some of these ideas filtered through a Christian perspective. Now, you've done research and um, into the idea that thoughts produce vibrational energy. So, so what does this mean? Let me get into something, um, Dan. It's and it, it it really is an intriguing subject. The more I study, the more I learn, the more I understand. I I don't know, and the more I want to know. But <clears throat> and this is in my book. In 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 Genesis, the first chapter of Genesis, I think verse two talks about. Um, and the spirit hovered over the deep. Uh, it hovered over the deep. Um, and uh, that word hovered, um, is, is, it's, it's the Ruah spirit, and it's described as wind or breath, hovering, brooding, uh, and are vibrating. There's another uh, word that's called reshef, over the surface of the deep. So the breath of God was vibrating over the sea. Okay. Now, um, it's been said that the earth itself is 75 to 80% water. You've heard that before? 
Yes. Well, certainly Florida is. <laughs> I, I think Florida was built in the ocean, uh, you know, because there's just water everywhere. And so, um, so the idea for me in, in vibrations, if the spirit of the Lord hovered, vibrated, brooded over the ocean, okay, and the spirit of the Lord, that same spirit, lives in me, hmm. uh, that's a vibrating spirit. And so we don't, uh, us Christian people, uh, don't talk about vibrations and, and, and all of that stuff because that's too foreign. Mm. They don't see that in the Bible. They don't even see uh, in Ezekiel 37 when the dry bones begin to come together and it said the dry bones rattle. One of the words for that rattle word is vibrated. Those okay. bones begin to vibrate. Come on now. And so when we look at that, and, and the way that we correlate it to our thoughts uh, is that we have what's called uh, in the brain, of the prefrontal cortex, which is from here to about here uh, in our brain. And the definition for that, for the prefrontal cortex, one of the definitions I wrote in my book, well, let me go back first to that vibrating spirit. That word ruah, uh, through further study, indicates that this breath of God imparted warlike executive and administrative power and energy to men. Now that, we could just stop right there. Hmm. Warlike, so whenever we hear the word warfare, we always think, oh, the devil is coming after me. Well, you know, the spirit of God breathed mm -hmm a warlike spirit. And that. so when you look at um, the definition, one of the definitions of the prefrontal cortex, we, we call it the PFC. Uh, it says it's the executive system. It's a theorized cognitive system in psychology that controls and manages other cognitive processes, such as executive functions. So our executive functioning, you know, when, when, when we find out we're not stupid um, and, and really that there is, when we find out who we really are, uh, that, you know, and get that real authentic identity and, and begin to understand that we're a spirit being. Yeah. So if we're a spirit being and we have the spirit of God, the creator of the universe living in me, then that means I've got executive warlike function within my PFC that, that I can think. See, Einstein wasn't the only smart guy. <laughs> we, we like to think that he was, and we like to say, well, you know, Einstein, blah, blah, blah. But the bottom line is, is that we have, we have everything vibrating within our body and most people don't even understand that our bodies vibrate at a certain frequency anyway um you know we just think it's cars driving by and something happened kind of made you a little shaky um but we're we're powerful mm -hmm. and so the thoughts that we have 
we can either choose to come into agreement with everything that the devil says, or we can choose to come into agreement with that executive function, warlike spirit that breathe life into us. And therein lies our thoughts. Because if we don't take control of our thoughts, and our thoughts are consistently vibrating, and our thoughts are either coming from subconscious mind or conscious mind, or either from an external place where we heard something and we came into agreement and now we're repeating it, um, or uh, that vibrational frequency that comes from the Spirit of God that we don't often listen to. You know, and then we have this tendency to say, well, what's that, God? Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> um, and if we, if we would learn to live in the spirit realm as opposed to the fleshly realm, the natural realm, we recognize that we're human beings and that we live in a world where there's human beings. But imagine living from up here, seated in Christ, um, living from here, looking down on here. And so um, the thought vibrations uh, dictate our reality. You know, <laughs> and this is truly, Dr. Gale, been my journey. I have been on a journey to enter uh, a new headspace um, from, from, I mean, the, the whole journey of my Christian experience. You know, the Bible says that we must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We might mm -hmm. prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, in my journey, it was the, the big, major, major, like, intersection for me was when I met my human spirit and I began to have dialogue with my human spirit and actually begin to distinguish between the thoughts of the soul and the thoughts of the spirit mm -hmm. and, and learning that my human spirit in Christ had a different perspective on things than my soul. Moreover, learning that there's soul growth and there's spirit growth. And I was growing on both trajectories, but mm -hmm. as my spirit grew, even my spirit got ever increasing levels of awareness and understanding and revelation that then was being translated to my soul. And it's really interesting because you know, now when I analyze things, I have gotten very comfortable personally sliding into the perspective on those things that my spirit carries. The weird thing is that if you are a Christian that begins to slide into that seat, none of the Christians around you are going to understand what you're talking about anymore. <laughs> I ran into this problem. It's like all of a sudden, I'm the ugly duckling now. <laughs> I understand. But, but, you know, I think this is, you know, part, part of, wait a minute, 
maybe as the body of Christ, we're not getting that there's something more for us here. And, and there is. And, um, you know, I, I am of the opinion, Dr. Gale, that people's thought lives do produce environments. Yes. I, and I know that you agree with me, but man, if you find a person that is extremely negative in their thoughts, they don't even matter if they say much. They're just, <laughs> I mean, it's like a vampiric thing going on. You come in the environment, it's just like, gosh, you're bringing down my mojo, man. Um, <laughs> I, I love that word, vampiric. Uh -huh. I, <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a good word. Yeah, well, I thank agree. you. <laughs> <laughs> I agree that that uh, that negative, you know, I call it toxic, hmm. contaminating. Um, it's in the room, and and all over the years, you know, I would walk in a room and I would say, "Wow, the vibes in here are bad." Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what I was talking about. I don't even know, you know, where we ever heard the word because nobody ever talked about vibrations. But clearly vibes come from the word vibration. And so I just heard some statistics at a business meeting the other day. And the statistics went something like this. 10% of the people are just automatically negative, no matter what, just automatically negative. And those are the people that no matter what you talk about, it's always gonna be doom and gloom, mm. no matter what. Mm. And then the other percent was that 68% of the people, though they may not necessarily be negative, they fit into that, category of I got it all together, I look good, I smell good, I even talk good, I'm articulate when I talk, um, but I'm broke as heck. And really the bottom line is that my thoughts are negative, I'm just not saying them out loud. Hmm. I'm saying one thing out loud, but literally inside, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's like the person that uh, are the lady, and I used to look at ladies and think, wow, she's beautiful. She's got it all together. You know, she's a doctor or she's this or she's that. And then when you come face to face and you get into a conversation, this go, it's like, wow, wow. And so there's all that subconscious stuff that's buried deep down that kind of seeps out. And as it seeps out, it just kind of permeates the atmosphere. So then there's, there's another 10% of people really that's looking to change, that, that practice that scripture. I think it's 2 Corinthians 10.5. Is that the scripture that says bringing down every evil imagination? No, I believe so. Yeah, we, we don't fight against flesh and blood, I think, and we have to, we literally have to, take hold of every evil imagination that exalts itself against Christ. Well, every negative thought um, or negative conversation that we engage in 
exalts itself against God because God is not a negative person. I mean, now he does some negative stuff sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> or, or let's just say he allows um, this stuff. But you see what I mean? It, 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 I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and so so the there there's the other 10% that's looking for something. And then there's that 3% that just got it together, that's just rolling with it. You know, those are the successful people, uh, and not just in, in prosperity and monetary uh, uh, gifts, but uh, their, their spirit man, like you were talking about as your spirit man grew. You know, and so what happens is they learn how to begin to merge the soulish man with the spirit man, and the spirit man takes over. And when the spirit man takes over, all of those, our will, mind, and emotion gets caught up into the spirit man revelation. I like that, the spirit man revelation. That that might be the name of something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yes, there, there's a lot that, that goes on with, with this whole uh, uh, vibration. Of course, science is articulating the fact that the entire universe is vibrating everything because everything is built on frequency. Light is a frequency. Matter is uh, built upon light and you know color and uh, sound and everything else and so everything that lives and exists every cell will have a vibrating um, resonance every virus as a matter of fact I have this thing it's called a Rife machine I'm not sure if you've heard of it but you know my wife and I bought this piece of technology after we did some naturopathic healthcare. And basically you just hold these, they're cathode ray tubes. You put your feet on these metal pads mm -hmm. and they have a bunch of frequencies. They have frequencies that kill your viruses, that kill your parasites, that, you know, uh, help to boost your good bacteria um, or, you know, will attack certain negative bacterias. You know, you, you can go after E. coli, you can go after uh, other stuff, even help scars to heal better and boost immunity and all these different kinds of things. And, and it's basically pushing frequencies through the body and the frequencies will either encourage healthy activity in the physical body or attack invaders in the body. Mm -hmm. It'll harmonize with their vibration and blow them up like the parasites. It'll you know, and it's because of the vibration. And so, you know, this, this is a real science. It's, it's a very real thing. You know, not only do thoughts produce vibrational frequency, but so do cells, right? And I want to let you talk a little bit about cellular vibrational frequency and how that can impact things in our lives. Well, as a study of uh, vibrational frequencies, the cellular system of our body. Um, one main thing, and you know I'm really a trauma specialist, and so I did years and years of study on trauma, how trauma affects the body, and, uh, and its imprint on our memory system and, and all of that. And so um, I did a lot of scientific research and, and, and what happens. And, 
And many of them uh, talk about uh, the engineering, the, the microbiology, um, the frequency in which the red blood cells vibrate. Who knew that, that red blood cells? And as I begin to study it, um, I read some things, and, and here's something that, that one of the um, authors talks about, says the significance of vibrational frequency taking place at the cellular level reflects a lot on how you think about certain things. As your mind is open to the reality of the power and potential humans possess, you'll begin to function at a different level. So when we begin to learn about um, the various cells that uh, course through our brains and, and how we cut off stuff, particularly as we were talking about toxic negative conversation, is that literally we can cut off uh, everything that's vibrating and coursing through the cellular system. And when I pray for the brain, I speak to the brain cells. Mm -hmm. I, you know, interestingly, I'm doing some work, uh, some study on Alzheimer's and um, dementia. Really? Um, yes, and it's very interesting. In fact, I'm currently reading a book now on ending Alzheimer's. And there's a doctor who has um, literally cured about 100 patients. Uh, and the reason I'm studying it is because of my own age, my own uh, oftentimes forgetfulness, but, but my husband as well, and, and some cognitive decline that I begin to see. So it's very interesting. Science uh, primarily says that cells rejuvenate uh, every six months. But now when I was doing the trauma study, um, and even though I'm looking at on one side, the cells are rejuvenating themselves and, and becoming new cells on, on, on one end of the spectrum. But on the other end of the spectrum, this person has all of this post-traumatic stress disorder that settled within the cellular system of the body. Uh, and so, and so they're, the, the, the whole trauma, they're reliving the whole trauma. And then I read something uh, that talks about um, emotional stuff. Emotional trauma goes to the fourth generation basically it manifests by the fourth generation. So my mother's mother's mother could have had some situations that took place in her life and it didn't show up until me. Uh, and then all of a sudden I'm one, well, let me give you an example. I'm, this is kind of off the, the subject. Well, not so much of the cellular system, but uh, one of my daughters have five children and all five children have experienced ADD or ADHD. Well, my, now I know that my daughter uh, is ADD as well. So where did it come from? So uh, neither her father or me have ADHD, or let's just say it ain't never been diagnosed. Mm. Uh, and definitely I'm not claiming it. And so when we start looking at the generational stuff, then apparently cells reproduce themselves. 
So my thought is that yes, indeed, the cells regenerate, but at the same time, there's something else going on vibrationally within the body system where, where they're reproducing. And, uh, and so as I look at that, um, uh, you know, and I think that, and so that we think the way that we think, and we don't, all, we don't always know why we think the way that we do. Because it's amazing to me um, when I, I, let's just say I look at sibling, and, and, and one sibling thinks this way, and the other sibling thinks this way, and they're raised in the same household, but all together. Um, and so, you know, that whatever is going on in the cellular system literally dictates to us how we're going to function, even how we're going to react to certain situations. I, you know, it isn't it interesting when I look at the Republican Party and I look at the Democratic Party, the Republicans are right about some things, the Democrats are right about something. But my, my basic attitude is, how is somebody 100% right and this person is 100% right? Uh, <laughs> it's two different entities. How do you measure that? You know, how do you get past uh, all of that? Or, or, or so, you know, there's a lot going on within our system. And I think we talked before, Dan, about, did we talk about the C7 vertebrae? Do you remember that? I don't. Actually, I don't think we did bring that one up. So the go C ahead. The C7 vertebrae uh, is an area where a lot of trauma settles. Is that right? And so the trauma settles there. Well, that C7, uh, you know, that, that goes down. That's like down the nape of your neck, which is the brain stem. That uh, goes down that stem, which literally flows into the vertebral column of the body, which of course branches all out. Um, and so then there's, there's a, a healing mechanism that I studied a number of years ago um, that, uh, and, and basically you put your right hand on that section of, of the C7 and your left hand, uh, the energy literally um, from the touch of the hand uh, the energy is going through and basically breaking up some of that trauma that flows uh, through the body. And of course, you know, you're speaking to uh, those blockages and, and what have you. So there's a lot going on. And with the body vibrating the way that it does, it's vibrating from within. It's not vibrating from without. It's vibrating from within. You know, coming back to that comment that you made about Alzheimer's, and um, I would actually even bring dementia to the table. They're yeah. different, and they haven't for different reasons scientifically. But um, I've had a number of people ask me, do you think there's a correlation between um, dissociated traumas and <sighs> dementia and Alzheimer's? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, do, you, do you think that there's a connection where people, you know, they have blocked all of these memories, all of these elements of their lives, large periods of history, and 
over time, those, those blocks have been reinforced and reinforced and then go into old age, really not wanting those memories, not wanting to know what happened, not caring to resolve the pain and the unforgiveness and the bitterness and everything else behind those amnesic walls. And that contributes to the onset of these disease models. And I think there's a high probability that there's a connection. That's just me personally, but I, I mean, I'm not a scientist anyway, but I think that there may be, what do you think? I think you may absolutely be right. And you know what, just recently, since I've been studying it, mm. uh, I've thought about uh, DID. Mm -hmm. And so now I know you, now I don't. I'm, 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 I'm in dementia. I know you, no, maybe not. Or there's little things that I'm just watching, you know, just a few things with my husband. My husband's 85, uh, uh, you know, works every day, is, is very strong. And yet I'm seeing some cognitive things uh, that take place. A conversation that we have and 30 minutes later, he may mention something to me. Uh, and I say, we, 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 we just had that conversation. Um, and he's, you know, he's like, did we? Oh, but, but, but even deeper than that, um, I, I see some things. And so when I begin to study it, um, I, my thought began, wait a minute, you, you, right now you recognize what we're talking about, but now you don't. And it, the shift happens so quickly. Uh, you know, it, it just, and it's little things that, that I've noticed. Uh, and so the shift happened so quickly, which is the same with DID. So my instant thought when I started watching this, uh, my instant thought was the switch. Is that a DID person can switch on you so quickly. It's like, wait a minute, I thought I was talking to Andy. Okay, John, why are you here? Um, and so it's the same thing. So I, I agree with you. When you start looking at that, um, and it never occurred to me that, because I never heard this before, that mm. there could possibly be a treatment or a cure for dementia uh, until someone called me. Last week, someone called me and said they had had um, some brain surgery. They had a bunch of stuff going on in their mind, and particularly. Um, uh, they weren't thinking. Their cognitive thought patterns was off. And so anyway, they said um, that my doctor said, get a positive book and read it out loud 10 minutes a day. And, and what they said was, Dr. Gale, I went to my library, looked on the shelf, and there was your book. So I pulled your book down and I started reading it 10 minutes a day out loud. And she'd call just to say to me, I just want to say, your book has changed my life. Oh, my. It's changed the way that I think. Now, this wasn't someone, uh, this, was, this is not someone that's uneducated, that's unsocialized, that, you know, this is someone that um, is a very prominent person. And so she said, I just want you to know the significance of your book, when you talk about the vibrational frequencies, when you talk about the DNA power gene and, and all of that. And she said, for the first time in my life, I got hold of my thoughts. Mm. 
and I recognized what I was thinking. So, uh, you know, all of this is so powerful, this brain thing, mm. uh, you know, that we have been given. I got to tell you something, Dan. If we don't take care of this brain, we're in trouble because it's so fragile. <laughs> the cells in it are so fragile. Our thoughts are, are, are our thoughts can either be fragile or, or cut you to pieces. Right. And then you go, uh, what did I do? Right. So um, we need to grab hold on healing the whole man soul, the whole soul, the body, the mind, the brain, the thoughts. We need to heal the thoughts. Well, and, and on that point, Dr. Gale, let me tell you something. If I walk down the street, any street in the U.S., barring certain communities, <laughs> some of them right here in Dallas, I'm going to find someone that's broke. And even on some of these streets here in Dallas, Preston Woods and all of that, yeah, these people have money. Some of them are going bankrupt. Like you're always going to find someone that's broke, right? Um, <laughs> and you want to find a whole lot of broke people at one place? Go to some Christian conferences. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, and you know where, where you have so many promises from the creator of the universe directed at a certain group of people, namely his own children. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is actually difficult to cognitively wrap your mind around how many Christians are just broke. And you suggest this wild idea, right? That wealth creation is tied to vibration and frequency. Okay. <laughs> Let's go there for a little bit. I want to let you unpack this. Just in us, in us, you know, the, 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 the spirit that I talked about hovering and vibrating, that spirit lives in us. But um, remember in Deuteronomy 818, mm. um, he says to Israel, he says, remember it is I who give you the power to get well. Now, why would he give us power to get well? What would be, you know, what it is real? I know mean? the right answer. <laughs> I know you? the right answer. Okay, what is it? This is the answer. So that when these criminal preachers ask for an offering, you have the right to be offended and raise an accusation and say, you're trying to take my milk money. Right? Right, Dr. Okay. Gale? Okay. No. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You can rebuke that. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> All right, let me, can I try again? Okay. Oh, why would he give me the power to get well? Yes. That's, that was directed at the Israelites. Mm -hmm. The Gentiles didn't get that promise. Mm -hmm. So as the church, we're part of this parenthesis in God's greater plan to do a mighty work in the Israelites and give the Jews that are the Rothschild bankers all the money. They, they're the ones that are really walking in that promise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and we do. <laughs> the bottom line is. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, 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 now, now I'm just, you see, I'm being facetious. Right. Go ahead. When grafted in, mm. 
you know, we're engrafted in. Come on. And he said, so to establish my covenant on the earth. Well, you know, he would not have just told uh, the Israelites to establish his covenant on the earth and then put all the humans, all of us, afterwards. What, we're not going to establish the covenant? Um, you know, are, are we, look at the state of our country, not just our country, but really look at the state of the world that we're in. Because somehow we didn't do what he said, I've given you the power to do. Mm. So it's interesting, Dan, and I'm going to be teaching this next month in Dallas at, at, uh, with Barbara Wintrouble's meeting. I'm not going to teach on it. I'm just going to say a few words about it. I begin to think about poverty and what is poverty. And, and, you know, I have not thought that I had a poverty mindset in probably 20 years. I mean, I've, I've been among the wealth creators, really, for almost 40 years. Um, you know, we always live in neighborhoods where there's $10 million homes. We don't live in that, but, you know, we, we, we're, we're surrounded by it. And so I began to think about this thing with poverty. And I thought I was at a meeting the other night amongst a lot of millionaires, youngsters. Uh, I was just so excited to see that. And they were talking about um, getting wealth and setting goals and you know, putting your picture uh, on the refrigerator of the goal that you have in mind, that thing that you want. Well, I remember doing that almost 40 years ago. And I, some things we put on the refrigerator and we, we got. And, you know, my husband said, whatever you do, don't put a baby up there. Um, and so I didn't. We were too old at that time to think about having some babies. But I began to think about why then, when I was looking for the wealth and I was doing all the things that wealth creators talk about doing, but I wasn't seeing the results. Well, I realized it was my mindset. Though I was saying out loud that I deserve this, I should have this, I'm supposed to be wealthy. Uh, I don't think that I believe that I deserve that. Mm. I think that I'd come into agreement with all of the poverty stricken and we we tend to look at poverty as you know living in shanty huts and all that stuff but the bottom line is that remember i talked about that 68 percent of the people who look good smell good talk good you know don't know how they're going to pay their car note you know don't know so we talk poverty we talk, we say, I know the Lord is going to make a way. I don't know how I'm going to pay my car payment, but the Lord is going to make a way. We can, can, I, can I just, can, can I just jump in here first? I, I'm sorry. I, I really, I have to say something. Okay. I have to say this. You, you, you know how you, you just find yourselves in certain situations where, where you're sitting there and you're like, I really should say something. But right. if I do, if it's I gonna, do, and I, and I was, I was at a, a conference and um, the prophet was speaking. God bless this man. I know he's walked a longer journey with Jesus than I have because he's much older than me and whatever. I mean, but, but the prophet was speaking and the prophet was teaching and the prophet was prophesying. 
And so there's a whole bunch of people at the front and the prophet begins to speak on giving and I'm listening. And um, he begins to explain how he lives. He said, listen, everyone, if the line is right here, I live right here. And he put his foot right on the line of a tile at the front. And, and, and he's talking about giving. He's like, don't, don't think. <laughs> and, and, and he's explaining, he's like, I live right on the line. And, you know, I have shoes and I have an, a car that I want to drive and I have this, but I live right here on the line. And, and I'm listening and I'm like, did God tell you to live that close to the line though? Right. Like, like, because that's not what God told me. Like, to be honest, I, I like to have more money in my savings account than my car is worth. <laughs> because mm -hmm. I could just go out and buy another one. Like, why, why do I need to be so close to the line? You, you know, like there, there's a, there, there are ways to build wealth and there are ways to ensure that if one catastrophe hits, you are sinking and the only thing you can do is put up a GoFundMe account and ask Christians to sow into your blessing. And I, I just have to say, Dr. Gale, the, the truth is, I don't think that the power to get wealth associates with certain types of mentalities. I agree. Or vibrations. I, I, agree. I just had to say that. I, I'm sorry. Go no, that's me. absolutely, that's absolutely good. Again, most Christians believe uh, that it's actually just simply going to appear. Either a dead uncle is going to die that I never knew and he was a multi-billionaire uh, or something happened, somebody made a mistake or, or whatever. We really believe like that. Um, last year, about a year ago, I heard the Lord say, prosperity has eyes. And I said, that's interesting. Hmm. Prosperity has eyes. Let me see what that means. Well, you know, that phrase is not in the Bible, but Jehovah Jireh is. And he is the Lord who sees. He is the Lord who gives prosperity. And so I begin to say, okay, so the Lord is talking to me about some things. I'm listening. And earlier this year, I'm not sure if, have you and I talked since I bought the Mercedes? Okay, so I'm driving down the street and I hear, I posted a little bit of this on Facebook. I, I hear, uh, I want a Mercedes. Hmm, okay. Well, a Mercedes wasn't a big deal to me because I'd driven a Mercedes for about 20 years. And uh, I traded it in for a Kia. And so I'm driving my Kia as I'm hearing this in my spirit. So I come home and I say to my husband, I want a Mercedes. And he said, okay. Now I come back a few days later and I say, um, what'd you think when I told you that I want a Mercedes? And he said, well, it's what you've always driven. So, you know, go get it. Well, we really financially were not in a position to go get a brand new Mercedes. And so we went and my bank turned me down. I've been with that bank for almost 25 years. My credit union turned me down. And, and so I'm, none of this, the, the, 
matters. Anyway, long story short, so I drive home, but this is what I hear in my spirit before, before I get the car. I hear God say, and I said to my husband, I said, I don't know if this is God, this is a God said, but there is a pressure that I've got to do this. And so I said, I believe that what God is saying is I want uh, my wealth and glory to be seen tangibly mm. by the Christians. And so, uh, and so I drove home with a 2019 um, something, 350 something, I can't remember, SUV something. But anyway, nice car, by the way, I love driving. Um, so this is the beginning for me of saying, again, to my husband, we've been decreeing and declaring, proclaiming, uh, confessing, um, for 30 years that we are the recipients of great wealth, that there is a transference coming, that we're the head and not the tail. I said, let's put God to the test. And so again, I'm looking at my bank account. If I'd gone on my bank account, the Mercedes wasn't in the budget to pay for it. We didn't pay cash for it. It wasn't in the budget to make monthly payments on Yet I knew that there was a reason to get it. So now I'm thinking about wealth transference and what that means. And why is it that God is talking to me about prosperity has eyes? Again, uh, frequency is movement. And if we don't move with what we're hearing God say, then we will stand still and be stagnant. And so therefore, we don't get to exercise the faith because I realized that what God was doing is, let me see where your faith level is at this time in your life. The next thing I begin to recognize that to be recipients of this wealth creation, that we must have a vehicle. And so I just simply started looking for the vehicle. I made one phone call. And, uh, and when the young man told me what he was doing, I said, I'm in. What do I need to do? And since that time, you know, I talked earlier with you uh, about this being the 400th year celebrating or, or the anniversary of slavery. I think God is doing something in the earth with people of color. And what I believe that he's doing, because we've been touted to be poverty stricken, you know, poor in spirit, poor in mind and all of that. But I begin to see, as I'm looking at this vehicle, I begin to see great wealth coming out of these young men. And I begin to recognize God, the transference. You know, um, the scripture in Matthew 25, when the master calls his three servants together, and he gives each one of them some talents. He gives one five talents and one two and one one. And he said, go, go, basically what he said to them was go multiply this, you know, go invest, go make this work, go trade. And the one guy buried the talent, uh, basically because he said, you know, I, I knew you to be a hard taskmaster. Well, God was giving strategies way back then. And we weren't, so, so as the strategies were given then, and, and they were multiplying the master's money. The master had something that, that needed to be done, 
with the money as they were multiplying that. Now, fast forward till to, to today. If we don't learn to multiply our money, then we're going to think, even though we don't think that we have a poverty mindset, and like I said, I wasn't hung up on a Mercedes, but, but people generally have to see something tangible before they can believe, oh, God is blessing them. Wow, God is really blessing them. And so if, if we don't come into an understanding that we are supposed to be wealth creators, you know, with all of the knowledge that he's given us, and yet we see the Bill Gateses and, you know, all of those guys out there, like you said, the, the, rock, the Rockefellers and the Rockchilds and, and all of them. Well, where's the church in all of that? Well, you know, if we're called to be builders and we're supposed to be building, how are we going to build? How do I pull some girls out of human trafficking if I have no place to put them? Do we go stick them in the shelter? So that's kind of where I am with the, with the, the, the wealth creation. He's given us vehicles. We just have to find the right one. And I just happen to find the right one that for me is sort of correlated with the transference of wealth and, and with biblical wealth transfer. Mm. And, and, and what was happening, and Peter Wagner says in his book, um, The Great Transference of Wealth, that the talents that the master gave uh, his servants, that, that way back then in the Babylonian system, that they were trading uh, currency. They were trading in the foreign exchange, um, so to speak. And so, you know, my, I believe that, that we must tell people, get this mind together, get these thoughts together, start thinking like creators, start thinking like God lives in me, start thinking like the greater things you know, we're going to do, if Jesus did all that he did, if Jesus commanded somebody to simply go down to the lake and pull, a, pull the money out of the fish's mouth, then there's no different for us than for them. And in order to do what he's called us to do, to establish the covenant on the earth, we gotta have a vehicle. We, we certainly can't do it working on a job eight to five. You know, you, you're saying a lot of things. And here's one of the things that I, I, I've noticed. Um, I've heard a number of personal testimonies, and I would include myself in this, where, where God used an actual car acquisition to change a person's perspective. And I think it is tied to vehicles and even in dream interpretation, right? Ministry is tied. Like right. when you see a car, that's ministry. Right. So you're driving in a car in a minute, you know, that, that, that often speaks to the ministry that God has assigned it to an individual. And, and uh, I, I remember when I was, oh gosh, mid twenties. Right. And, and I had been through a long season of less than because I went through it. You know, I always, I, I mean, I, I'm sitting there, 
making $8.75 an hour reading about how to be a one-minute millionaire. Like, I, I was reading. But, um, you know, I, it was a couple of years after that, and, and I needed a new vehicle at the time. And I, I started to pray to God, and I'm like, well, God, what kind of car should I get? And, you know, up until that time, the only cars I had really driven were, like, just very basic, regular economy, like, you know, lower end. And, and, um, God said, I will go get a sob. And some people may not know what that is because they went out of business, but before they went out of business, you know, there was certain enthusiasts and everyone that seemed to get one became an enthusiast of sob. It was like, Whoa, this car is like really cool. And it had leather interior and it had a turbo engine. And it was like really fun to drive. But I didn't know that because I never heard of it before. And, uh, there was a, a dealership. And so I, I went to all these other dealerships and I was like, ah, no, that's not working out. This isn't this. And finally I went there and it was amazing. Right. And so got the car and driving around in that car, I started to feel different. I have seen that God has to often reprogram our thing where we have to actually see ourselves, like, like you're saying in that seat of wait, I'm not just here to make it by like, I have an assignment to introduce wealth, not only for myself, but to other people, including my future generations. Yes. And when you see yourself occupying that seat, all of your strategies change. All of your strategies change. And, and um, the, you know, I, I think you're, you're right. You know, the body of Christ, our magnet internally, like what we are going after and what we are driven towards is, is based on a certain philosophy that is absolutely antagonistic to wealth creation being unlocked in us Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like the opposite and you know god can't use someone to engage in wealth creation when that person can't even imagine what it'd be like to make six figures in a single year it's like well if that's the kind of thinking you have then you can't build a multi-million dollar business you you don't know how to process a six-figure income like absolutely what it feels like to have command over these kinds of resources and and so there's a build and, it, and, you know, it feels different. I don't know if you noticed this, to be around a group of people oh that my knows God. how to handle their money. Yes. And a group of people that's mad at everybody that has money. Right. Right. And, 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 and always say to us, you know, the root of uh, money is the evil is money. Uh, but the deal is this. And as you were just saying about the people that don't have the mindset, you know, I talk to people all the time. I've been an entrepreneur for almost 40 years. And, and I, you know, sometimes I made some money, sometimes I didn't, but I've never stopped trying. But, you know, you talk to people, uh, especially if you talk to people about um, MLM or network marketing, the first thing that they say is, oh, that's one of those get-rich-quick schemes. Well, you know, I heard someone say the other day, well, what's wrong with getting rich quick, if that be the case? Uh, you know, or, or you know, that's that, that's that scam thing, or that's that whatever. But the idea of being in the company, you talk to somebody and you go, you know what, I think I found something. We've been talking about uh, having money. We've been talking about how to how to attract money. You know, we keep hearing money chases us. We don't chase money. Well, you know, chase me. Uh, and, and, and so um, 
you know, so you hear these people say, I don't have time for that. So we look at our lives and we don't have retirements. Most of us, I think I saw some big numbers that over 70% of Christians don't have any kind of retirement. And we think if we don't think about it, we think that it'll just disappear. Oh. It'll go away. And if we don't find ways to create wealth, and I mean, and clearly, you know, the Bible tells us that we are to uh, uh, have an inheritance for our children's children. How do we do that? How do I make sure that my grandchildren have an inheritance? And I've been teaching them about the power of God. And then I die and they got to go find some money to bury me. And, and then we want to spend 30 grand on a big funeral and run up credit cards and do all that. What is wrong with our mind? See, we're not thinking, we're thinking dysfunctionally. And it just amazes me when I talk to people, the difference between the way that I think and the way that they think. You know, remember the movie, The Secret? Yes. I never watched it because everybody told me it was new age. So for however long it's been, they told me the secret was new age. Well, I began to hear some things about the secret and I said, let me go watch the secret and see what the new age thing is all about. Man, they're talking about tapping into that inner core, that inner strength, tapping into all that's been put in us. And, and where did someone decide, well, that's just, uh, that's just new age. And so what I realized is that there are people out there that may not even have uh, an intimate walk with Christ the way that you and I talk about, but yet they know the principles of the kingdom. They well, and you know, this is the thing. Honestly, I have found that new age has embraced a certain understanding of spiritual mechanics. Yes. Some of which come from the Bible. What they have done is they've taken Jesus out of it. Mm -hmm. And so anything requiring spiritual power, they're having to tap into the demonic to power up the principles. But Christians have a power source in Christ Jesus that we can tap into along with all of the biblical principles. And Christians have been very good about keeping the Jesus and dispensing with the principles. It's like, I'll have my Jesus. That's but good. World, you take the principles. And, right. and, and, and they do. And, and you know what? Yeah, we have a great prayer life. We get to go to church on Sundays. But, man. I know. Well, when you talk about squashing that poverty spirit, see, that's that poverty spirit. Mm-hmm. That's that poverty spirit that basically says, as long as I got Jesus, that's all I need. And yet we still have to live every day. Come on. We have to survive every day. And, you know, we have stuff that, that comes up uh, every day. And so I believe over these past few months for me, I've been getting this greater revelation of why 
I need wealth. I mean, I've always said, well, you know what, if I had the wealth, you know, I'd build a shelter, I'd do this, you know, uh, you know, I would do all these things. It was never about me. Well, in the beginning it was. But as I came into a real understanding of Christ, it wasn't about me. It was about that that God has given me to do, the lives that he has given me to touch. You know, Jesus in um, uh, John from 14 to 17, Jesus talks about the, these people that you've given me. And so I know that he's given me some people. And I would be remiss if I tell you how to get your mind right, if I tell you how to get your body right, how to eat right, but I can't tell you nothing to do about increasing your bank account. And I'm watching your bank, because if I asked you right now, how much money has your bank paid you on the money that you had in your bank for the last 10 years, uh, you wouldn't be able to come up with a figure. It wouldn't be a whole lot. Uh, and yet your bank is taking your money every single day. What, whatever you got in that account, that bank is taking that money every single day and using it. And so what God is telling us that we've got to have some financial literacy. <laughs> so good. If we don't, then we continue. See, because if I don't have financial literacy, literacy, that means that I am ignorant in the ways of money. If I'm ignorant in the ways of money, I've got a poverty mentality. How about that? And, 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 you know, I mean, just to take this one step further and be completely real about it, we have to understand that our banking system is based on fractional reserve banking, which means that they don't just get to hold our money. Oftentimes, for some of us, we're getting charged a monthly fee. Other yes. words, you know, we, we have a, you know, a setup where they pay us 0.1% interest on our income. And, you know, like some of you guys, you actually have a functional savings account that gets you over 1% on your whatever. But let, let's just be real. Our banking system, they take whatever we put in there, multiply it by 10, typically, um, and then loan that amount out to other people so right. that they can get houses and cars and pay the bank interest on 10 times whatever we put in their coffers. Yes. Why do they get to do that? Because they're the bank. Right. Who, who makes these rules, right? But, but that's, that's like, you know, I, I mean, and we're settling for, yeah, I'll pay the bank a fee to let them hold my money. Like, <laughs> people, and, and, and let me just say something, okay? Payday loans. Mm -hmm. Let me, let someone charge me 19% on my future income next week so I can get, a little lump right now. Right now. Why? So I can go spend it. <laughs> do people do this? Christians do this. I know. Uh, when, I, when I realized that I still had somewhat of a poverty mentality, oh my God, I repented. I so repented to the Lord. God, I'm so sorry. You've been trying to teach me this stuff for years and years and years, and I'm so, so sorry. Um, it's been a very valuable lesson for me. Very, very valuable lesson to understand that yes, there is a biblical wealth transfer, but it's always, 
it, 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 it's not just in this time frame, this only time it's ever going to happen. You know, it's in various times. When you, when you look throughout the Bible, you know, um, many of those Old Testament saints were recipients. Laban was a recipient of, of biblical wealth transfer. Uh, you know, Abraham was a recipient. And when you, when you look at them, it's like, God, why are we not living our lives? We, 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 we've, we do this man-made-up church thing, and we do it however our ego wants us to do it. It's all about, you know, what, how my ego thinks this church should be run. And yeah, we teach a good word. Uh, you know, sometimes we've learned some wrong stuff over the... But, you know, I do, I understand, so I'm not knocking church at all. I understand that church is my, is my foundation. It's, it's, you know, where I grew up and it's, it's what I was taught and it's, it's what got me to where I am now. But there's something about a revelation from God, mm. uh, the wisdom, when you think about the wisdom of Solomon. And, and, and God is trying to get that kind of wisdom into us. But because we're so used to functioning as just a normal human being here on the earth, without understanding our for real reason for being here. Because if we understood our for real reason being here, man, we'd be doing everything we could everything we could do and yet we will say well i don't have time to do business because my church meets three nights a week you know and i have to be there um or, or I, just, I don't want to work that hard it's you know it's amazing to me the people they want to live large but they don't want to work for it and i've got to tell you something I've been walking with the Lord for 40 years, and I've always worked at it. It's just never been, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I love God. Oh, yeah, I read the word every now and then. I've worked at it. I've, I've, I remember forcing myself in the early days. You know, I didn't know how to spend. I'd hear people talk about spending, you know, an hour in the presence of God, and I'd be thinking, what could they possibly be talking about for an hour? Mm. And so I worked on cultivating that relationship with Jesus. Let me know who you are. Let me know what your character is, because I want to exemplify. I want to, to emulate that character. And I can't emulate that character real good, bro, because the Bible, see, because salvation means one of the words in Soterian Yahshua is prosperity and peace. How are you going to be at peace and you're broke? How does that equate? Let me ask you something. Now, okay, I've been having some conversations, you know, and with, with God. I'm, I'm of the opinion now that at least, okay, because you're talking about this like wealth transfer season, right? I think that oftentimes God uses a few trustworthy people to bring deliverance to many. Mm -hmm. But God often equip just a few people. 
okay. to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that initially when it comes to major wealth transfer, like the size of like, all right, shifting power in the world around. So different people are now taking possession of the tops of these mountains and maneuvering things. It's going to be the cream of the crop. It literally those servants that have proven themselves faithful. And there's going to be a lot of Christians while wealth is being transferred that aren't necessarily seeing that because their own lifestyle choices, their own lack of initiative, their own bondage keeps them out of that realm of receiving, Mm -hmm. even in the season of receiving. Yes. Yes. What do you think? I I agree with you. I agree with you. And we we really are in, I I do believe that we're in the the season um, of receiving. And like you said, if, if we don't position ourselves, if we don't um, cultivate that mind to think like Christ, because uh, we still want to think like we do. You know, we, we, we still want to cuss a man out in the, on the freeway and sing worship and do worship at the same time, you know, and, and we're good with that. Um, there is a place in God that I believe uh, that he most certainly wants us on a higher dimension with him. Uh, the higher we go, and I believe going back to uh, vibrational frequencies, I believe that going higher means simply higher in my mind, higher in my heart. Um, and that, because uh, I, I, man, I believe heaven vibrates like I don't know what. Mm. And I believe the closer we get to heaven in the spirit realm, the higher we vibrate. The higher we vibrate, the higher we think about what it is that God has ordained for us in the earth. And then it's not a matter of um, me not doing what I'm called to do. Dan, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm doing what God ordained me to do. I know of a shadow of a doubt that I'm doing what he sent me to the earth to do. Am I doing it 100%? I'd like to think that I am, but there is still that growth. And so the more I grow and the higher I step, it's like, oh, okay. Okay, you want me to be wealthy now. Mm. Okay, I got that. You don't want me to try to wait 10 years from now. You want me to do that now. I, got, I, I get that, God. So I'm doing it. So I'm doing, I'm using the vehicle uh, that he's given me. He's got so many vehicles. For God's sake, he used some spotted calves, some spotted cows. And if you know, if you, this one is spotted and that one is not, you know, you can get this much for this one and this is worth that. Somehow we've got to use the ingenuity that he has designed in our DNA in order to function on the earth the way that we're supposed to function. Otherwise, he had no need to send us to the earth. That's good. Dr. Gale. 
let me let me ask you something okay so, so i want to you know get into one more thing here uh <laughs> now oftentimes our ability to acquire wealth and step into wealth is actually tied to our relationships okay and many people struggle with toxic relationships for different reasons that sabotage subdue and overthrow their ability to step into what god has for them mm-hmm. why what's going on help me help us well first of all don't you think that people typically probably don't recognize a toxic relationship hmm. you know it's it's like being in a relationship and and what i found for me dan is that uh, even today i can't tolerate a whole bunch of negative conversation if you're talking about somebody don't talk to me about it. Don't call me to chit chat because I don't have time to do that. And so um, I think that when we, when we start analyzing um, the relationship that we're in, and I started analyzing the relationships years ago, started with my family. And I was in a meeting, a, probably a family reunion, and everybody was out talking to the other person and everybody was loud. And I was just kind of sitting and I was looking. And at the time, I was a know-it-all. Um, did nobody know as much as I did? And I looked at my family and what I recognized is that it was a family trait. Everybody knew more than the other person. I don't care what you said, whether it was right or wrong, everybody knew something better. And so I remember saying, I don't want to be that way. Uh, God, I take that away from me. I don't, I don't want that personality. And so I began to work on my personality of thinking that I knew it all. Um, and over the years, I started paying attention to relationships. Um, people can be very harmful uh, with their words, with their actions, uh, with everything. And so I started eliminating people out of my life. Now, some would say, well, isn't that kind of lonely? Um, man, I, I, I like being with me. Because when I start talking negative, I know how to say, stop that. Oh my gosh. You know, the minute I start thinking, now I may not immediately key in on, but after a few minutes, I have to say, that's not fruitful. You know, why, you don't dwell on that. Yesterday, I went to an eye doctor's appointment, and it's about 40 minutes away, and, I, and there's two different offices. One is 20 minutes away, the other's 40. And I get there, and the girl said, Miss Rogers, you're not supposed to be in this office. You're supposed to be in the other office. And I said, oh, no. I said, they specifically told me this was where I was supposed to be because I always ask. So she gets the woman on the phone, and the woman on the phone says, Oh no, every time I'm the one set the appointment and every time I make an appointment, I make sure that I tell you which location. Okay, so she was 100% right in her mind. So I'm driving now, going to the right office and oh, and I'm fuming. And I'm thinking about my schedule and I'm just fuming. And they told me the wrong thing. They gave me the wrong information. I'm driving across the river and I'm saying, shut up. 
you know, I'm, I'm saying, get a grip. <laughs> this is not that big of a deal. So I get to the doctor's office, I walk in, and the minute I walk in, the lady says to me, Miss Rogers, I am so, so sorry. And everybody is apologetic. Mm -hmm. Now, initially, I was going to go in there and just really let everybody have it. You know, you guys are not doing your job, and you're wasting my time, and blah, 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 blah. But God arrested me mm -hmm. on the way there. So Holy Spirit, you know the scripture that talks about uh, we don't, uh, he, he doesn't give us more than we can bear. He, he, he always leads us. There's always a way of escape. We can either choose to act foolish. We can either choose to entertain. So is the devil always talking to me? I work on my thoughts all day long. Hmm. When I go to bed at night, I'm pulling down evil imaginations. I'm speaking to the subconscious mind. Because see, the devil would have you believe you think you're about to become wealthy. You, you know, wasn't nobody in your family wealthy? What makes you think you can be wealthy? But my attitude is, well, you ain't got nothing to do with it, so stop talking to me. So when you get in relationships and people they're consistently, and you know when they're talking negative, they're consistently in disagreement. Oh my God, they're consistently butt heads. There's always a, it's like, we don't have to do this. I'm not interested in doing this. Hmm. And so um, I just begin, and I, you know, I don't just come right out and say to people, you know what, I'm eliminating you out of my life. I just kind of pull back. And, 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 and I pull away because <clears throat> my attitude is I can't work on myself if I'm listening to all of the putrid garbage that you're spitting out of your mouth. And the Bible very clearly tells us that we are to avoid idle conversation. Well, that idle conversation basically is lazy. Um, and then we're to put all... Um, negative conversation away uh, because it, it's, it's putrid, it's contaminating. You know, you've heard the commercials about that weed killer that's causing everybody cancer now and they're just now finding, you know, and 20 years ago was the best thing since light bread. Oh gosh. See, that's poison. <laughs> So if that weed killer, whatever the name of it is, uh, if that weed killer is killing everybody and now they're discovering, you know, these people got all this cancer and stuff. Well, I like in toxic contaminant conversation uh, in relationships the same way. I don't want those relationships in my life. I've come too far. I've grown too much. And it doesn't mean that I believe I'm higher than they are by no means. Uh, but it simply says, God, I want to have your mind. I want to think your thoughts. I want to walk in your peace. I want to walk in your prosperity. I want to walk in that that you've given me, that you have ordained for Dr. Gail Rogers. That's what I want. And I want to keep my mind uncluttered so I can receive 
when you're ministering to me and when you're downloading revelation to me, I want to get it. <laughs> so that's, that's what I think about toxic relationships. <laughs> well, folks, that's the final word. <laughs> I want to tell you something, uh, Dr. Gail, we, we could talk all day. Uh, we, we, we could talk all day, but for now, I want you folks to know that, uh, her website's drgale.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-G-A-Y-L-E. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back. It's been great being with you. I love the topics, and you're absolutely right, Dan. You and I could just conversate forever and ever and ever, and it's, it's amazing how fast the time goes by. Um, when you're talking with someone interesting <laughs> and stim with stimulating conversation, I love stimulating conversation. So Not that idle chatter. That's because you don't do that. I don't do idle chatter. And folks get mad. You know, <laughs> they get mad because I don't call them back or I don't talk to them on the phone. But idle chatter is a waste. And, and the Bible says don't do it. So, folks, the next time I come on my Facebook and explain that there are literally hundreds of Facebook messages I have not even opened or responded to, you know that I was listening to Dr. Gale. That's why. And there will be no offense. <laughs> not that all of you are trying to have, you know, I, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I just don't have time. Frankly, I, I don't check my Facebook messengers very often. And uh, I, that's, that's public notifier. Like, you guys need to know. So don't feel rejected or abandoned when I don't do that. Okay, yeah. anyway. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Dr. Gale. And folks, until next time, God bless. God Amen. Bless. God bless. Thank you so much, Dan. It's been my pleasure. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at BrideMinistriesInternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially. <laughs>